Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. The King's Heralds open this broadcast with a spiritual that sings with confidence. I'm going to ride the chariot in the morning. I'm going to ride in the chariot in the morning, Lord. I'm going to ride in the chariot in the morning, Lord. I'm getting ready ready for the judgment day, my Lord, my Lord. I'm going to ride in the chariot in the morning, Lord.
Our Father which art in heaven, we seek thy face in prayer. We seek thy blessing for all hearers of this broadcast. Give us, we pray today, a vision of Jesus. May we see his holiness, his love, his salvation for us by faith. We ask it in his name. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. Mm-hmm. O oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer, Sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before thee. Near to the heart of God. Del Delker with one of her beautiful songs about the pearly white city. Shall its glory 
Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, the transfiguration. Yes, Christ's transfiguration. Let us read the beautiful story here, as recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, 16th and 17th chapters, with brief comments from parallel passages in Mark and Luke. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then shall he reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, There be some standing here which shall not taste of death, till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And after six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, or Elijah, talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. The story as recorded in the ninth chapter of Luke's gospel adds the fact that Jesus took the three disciples up into the high mountain to pray, and that as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and the transfiguration there took place. Dr. Luke also says that Moses and Elijah, who appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, spake of his decease 
which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. It's important to note that only the three who are to witness Christ's anguish in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before his crucifixion, have been chosen to be with him here on the Mount of Transfiguration. Here they witness the manifestation of his divinity, which must sustain him in the hour of his humiliation as the Son of Man. As Jesus prays there on the lonely mountain with his three disciples, suddenly a holy radiance seems to descend upon him. Divinity from within flashes through humanity and meets the glory coming from above. Arising from his prostrate position, Jesus stands in godlike majesty. The soul agony is gone. His countenance shines like the sun. His garments are white as the light. The disciples gaze upon him with fear. As they become able to endure the wondrous light, they see he is not alone. Beside him are two heavenly beings holding close conversation with him concerning his coming death. Who are they? Moses and Elijah. Moses, who upon Mount Sinai talked with God. Elijah, who was taken into God's presence without passing under the power of death. Moses stood for God at Mount Sinai against a rebellious people, Elijah stood for God at Mount Carmel against the wicked priests of Baal. Moses had died and was raised from the dead and taken to heaven. And here on the Mount of Transfiguration, he stands as a witness of Christ's victory over sin and death. He represented those who will come forth from the grave at the resurrection of the just, at the second coming of Christ. And Elijah who had been translated to heaven without dying, represented those who will be living upon the earth at Christ's coming and who will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Those words are in 1 Corinthians 15. Jesus, clothed in glory, his face shining as the sun, appeared as he will when he comes the second time without sin unto salvation, when he comes in his own glory, in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels, as we read in Luke 9, 26. So it's clear to us that there upon the Mount of Transfiguration, the future kingdom of glory was represented in miniature. Christ the King, Moses representing the risen saints, Elijah representing the translated people of God who will not taste death, but will be alive to greet the Savior when he comes. So is fulfilled our Savior's promise made at the beginning. There be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. There was also the cloud of glory and the voice from heaven, just as it will be at the second coming. Not knowing what to say, the apostle Peter who evidently thought Moses and Elijah had come to inaugurate the kingdom of Christ on earth immediately, suggesting making three tabernacles, one for Christ, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But a voice from heaven prohibited that, declaring, This is my beloved Son, hear ye him. When the disciples looked again, the glorified men were gone. They were with Jesus only. Christ is the supreme teacher. Not Moses, the lawgiver. Not Elijah, the prophet. Christ must be with his people forever. And he must be completely supreme.
his second coming to this world, will indeed be a transfiguration. He will not come as a babe in Bethlehem's manger again, nor as a persecuted, rejected teacher, as once before, to be condemned and crucified and rejected. But he will come in glory as King of kings, as Lord of lords. There will be a transfiguration of his people when he comes, and the righteous dead shall rise in glory. For as the Apostle Paul tells us, as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, that is, die, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. That's when it will happen. That's when the great change will come. And those of us who are alive in this world when Christ returns will be transfigured too, for this mortal must put on immortality. I remember the thrill that came to me as a boy when I read in the newspaper how President Wilson, just by pressing a button, set a machine to work 4,000 miles away, which blew up the last barrier on the Panama Canal and allowed the shipping of the Atlantic and the Pacific to flow together, brought to completion the prodigious task at which the engineers had been working so many years. Someday, this will happen to our world. The last barrier between God and man will go down. Jesus will see the final victory of his sacrifice upon the cross. There will be a new heaven, a new earth. God and man will be reunited. The waters of the two great oceans, the ocean of God's life, and the ocean of man's life will meet and commingle. God's love will triumph, and heaven and earth will at last be one again. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. The holy apostle Peter said, The chief shepherd shall appear. That's 1 Peter 5, 4. The apostle Paul believed this and said, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. The apostle John believed it and he said, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. Revelation 1, 7. The holy angels believed it. They said, This same Jesus which is taken up shall so come as you have seen him go into heaven. Acts 1, 11. There it is in like manner, visibly, literally, actually. They saw him go, and so he'll come again. The Lord himself, not Gabriel nor seraphim, shall marshal all the mighty ransom throng. The Lord himself shall come to fetch his people and bear us back to realms of light and song. So you see, the return of Jesus is not conversion. Conversion we come to Christ. At his second coming, he returns for us. If Jesus believed in his second advent, why shouldn't we, his friends? Now, there are three essential things about Jesus taught concerning his second coming. Three facts. He will certainly return. Second, we cannot possibly find out when. Third, we should always be ready for him. Of that day and hour knoweth no man, Matthew twenty-four thirty-six. He will come, he said so. That settles it. The time of his coming was not revealed, and he said that, and that settles it. But what about us? What does this wonderful truth mean to us, this startling truth, this mighty transfiguration truth? What does it mean to us? Listen. Hear his words. Watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Therefore be ye also ready. That's the message to us. Be ready. 
Be ready. Be ready. The signs of the times indicate that it may be very soon. But when it will take place, we do not know. Always be ready. Yes, the transfiguration of the world is coming, prefigured by the transfiguration of the Lord on the mountain. But as to how it will come and when it will come and why it will come, we must accept the words of Jesus. Dr. H. A. Ironside was preaching in Stockton, California on the subject of the second coming. In his prayer at the close, he used the words of the last prayer in the Bible, Even so come, Lord Jesus. During his prayer, he heard someone get up and walk out of the church. At the close of the service, he went down to greet the people at the door, and he saw a woman pacing back and forth. She said, How would you dare to pray like that, come, Lord Jesus? I don't want him to come and break up all my plans. It would change everything for me. How dare you? preacher replied, Jesus is coming whether you want him to come or not. He's coming according to his own plans and not ours. The children of every age have had their plans. Herod had his plans. Caesar had his plans. Yes, Christ's coming the first time changed all their plans. And sure enough, he's coming whether it fits with the plans of modern men or not. The politicians, statesmen, scientists, economists and socialists and capitalists and communists labor leaders and labor men, churchmen, philosophers, entertainers, criminals, beggars, military men. He's coming, whether it suits them or not. Remember, he will come when he gets ready to come, when it's time for him to come. We do not know when, but he's coming. We must be ready. If we love him, we shall want him to come. So here, let us bow our heads and pray the last prayer in the Bible. Even so come. Lord Jesus. Watch ye saints with eyelids waking, lo, the powers of heaven are shaking. Keep your lamps all trimmed and burning, ready for your Lord's returning. Lo, He comes, Lo, Jesus comes, Lo, He comes, He comes, oh, Jesus comes, to reign victorious, Lo, He comes, yes, Jesus comes, sinners come. While Christ is pleading now for you, he's interceding. Haste their grace and time diminished shall proclaim the mystery finished. Lo, he comes, Lo, Jesus comes, Lo, he comes. This is Orville Iverson of the Voice of Prophecy with this word. If we will but look in faith, we can see the presence of Christ. Let us then together look up and go forward in faith. Have faith in God. Transfiguration came. 
Have faith in God, the cloud, the voice, the name. Have faith in God, forevermore the same. Have faith, dear friend, in God. Radio Friends of the Voice of Prophecy, I would like to say one word about something very important to the very life of our program. And that is the interest of all our hearers as manifested in our mail. Just remember, we appreciate deeply your letters. Every letter means a lot when sent to the voice of prophecy. We want to thank you who have written and hope that all of you who hear us will write to us. We trust this program has brought spiritual help to you. And now we invite you to join us again next week, same time, same stations, for another broadcast brought to you by the voice of prophecy. And we say to all, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.